love the people that you're serving, love the people that you're serving with. If you're at a local church or whether you're at like a local ministry, whatever it might be, like really pour into the people that you're actually like leading. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Loop Community Podcast. My name is Derek, and we have another great interview for you today. Matt, our founder, sits down with Mac Brock. He's released songs like Greater Things, Christ is Risen, I Am Loved. And they're going to talk about what to do when you don't feel qualified to lead worship. Do you ever just feel like you're way over your head, whether it's with leading your team or preparing the technology or the songs or the set list? Sometimes, whether it's with worship leading or all different areas of our life, we don't feel qualified to lead. So they're going to talk about that. They're also going to talk about how to handle the feeling of when you want to quit or give up leading. Sometimes, whether it's issues with other people on your team or in your church or just frustrations or just being burnt out, maybe you've had those moments where you just feel like you want to quit and maybe it's not worth it. So they're going to talk about that. And it's a really good interview. So let's jump right in. Here's Mac Brock. Man, thanks for joining the Leap Community Podcast. It's been a while since we've talked. Saw you on the Hillsong tour. That was awesome, man. How was that? It was a fun tour. Yeah, what was that like? It was surreal in a lot of ways. Like a lot of the places we played were just like amazing. And um, the cities that we were in were, were just awesome. But from an actual production, like night of every night was just like so awesome and powerful. You know, just getting like to experience worship in like those rooms yeah. with so, you know, United is just so... Yeah. good at like not only like creating an atmosphere but like stewarding an atmosphere yeah. they do such a good job at like navigating just kind of what's going on in the room and so just even get to be a part of those nights was yeah. awesome and the crowd the type of crowd that they draw i feel like it's just like ready to yeah. go all in right you know i know what it's like to be opening you know being the opener and i know sometimes it's a battle like an uphill climb where you you have a lot of work to do on the front end to gain people's attention or, you know, respect or whatever it might be. And I think like the people that came to that show, you know, they came with the intention, like one, to see United, you know, they want to be a part of that. Right. But then also like, I think even greater than that is like, they wanted like an experience from God. Like they want to experience God. They want to worship God. And so, you know, I felt like for me as the, as the very first, Thing that people hear, it wasn't like an uphill climb for me. It was like people were immediately engaged and ready for the night. And so yeah. I, don't know, I was grateful for that. So what are you up to these days? I mean, I'm traveling a lot. I'm, you know, I'm leading worship a lot, you know, whether it's like traveling, like on a tour, like I did, you know, with United and Amanda Cook, or, you know, I still visit like a lot of churches and a lot of conferences and stuff. And I like to be in that world just as much as I'm kind of doing my own stuff. So yeah, it's a lot of that. And then writing a lot, getting in the studio, yep. making songs. How did you start leading worship? So my dad's a pastor, Southern Baptist pastor. I grew up in the church. Me too. Um, PK. My mom, yeah, yeah. My mom's uh, a musician. She plays drums. She's played drums at my church, you know, my dad's church for as long as I've known. And so I kind of grew up around Christian music and, and around kind of like church music. Yeah. And so just even as a student in youth group, when I started playing music, I was leading 
you know, at the worship band for the youth events on Wednesday nights. And right. Uh, just kind of snowballed after that. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't really want to go into worship ministry. I didn't want that to be my job. Uh, I wanted to do other music or just do other stuff. And it wasn't like out of a rebellious thing. It was just kind of, I didn't, I wasn't drawn to it. Um, but it was still something that I kind of always did. And then, I don't know, eventually, like the Lord had, this is a story that I tell often, but the Lord had a lot of patience with me and a lot of grace. He continued to open up the door for me to lead worship, even when my heart wasn't like fully in it. Mm-hmm. And I think through through that, and then just through some like really special encounters that I had with God through worship and through leading worship that my heart just kind of opened up towards like, this is what I want to give my life to. And that was kind of like, you know, mid twenties was when I hit that kind of epiphany, I guess, and just kind of been doing it since then. You and I have very similar stories in that regard. That's really interesting. Have you ever had a time where you've just wanted to like quit and give up and maybe do something totally different? Yes, all the time. (laughs) I was talking to a mentor, this is years ago, and I was explaining to him, I was like, man, I just feel like I get in this cycle of hyper-inspiration, hyper-focused, hyper-like, high-calling, like, yes, I'm in this and I love it, to immediately feeling discouraged, immediately feeling like every song I write sucks. And, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm on stage, I feel awkward or uncomfortable. I'm like, what am I doing? And the advice that he gave me was very clear, but it wasn't encouraging. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, that as creatives, that just never goes away. Yeah. Um, and the cyclical nature of what we do, one, as a creative, but also I think just like in ministry in general, the the taxation on our kind of emotion and our spirit by what we do, the idea of like wanting to give up and the idea of like wanting to just like get out of this and do something that's easier, I guess, never goes away. And that's something that I think, like I said, like that didn't necessarily encourage me, but it gave me like a little bit of the self-awareness to know that that's coming and right. to know that when I get in those moments, I mean, I, I still get in those moments constantly, you know, and I talk to my wife all the time where it's like, some days I'm just like, man, like what I do is so, I'm so grateful that I get to do this. This is amazing. I can't be, like, can't believe this is my life. And then uh, some days yeah, I'm just like, oh, I just want to stay home. I don't want to do, <laughs> you know, totally. I feel like this song that I'm working on is just like driving me crazy. I can't have like a breakthrough in it. So I just don't want to even write anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And so that probably happens to everybody in whatever they're doing, you know? I think for us, sometimes it might be magnified just because in a way, like whether, you know, whether you're a worship leader just at your church, like a local church, or whether you're a a songwriter that's writing songs that, you know, the world hears, yeah, some way or or another, you're kind of in the spotlight and you're kind of, you know, on stage and you're in front of people. And I think just the the idea of that sometimes just kind of like gets heavy on it. That's funny because... I think that it is one of those things too where worship leading is something that you can't totally phone it in. Like you could phone it in like for a time period, but you can't like phone it in for like the long haul. Yeah, I think leading worship is a very vulnerable, intimate thing. If you're walking in it kind of in the way that I feel like we're called as worship leaders to walk in it, it can be like a draining thing. And at the same time, it's a very fulfilling thing. Like people ask, when you're on tour, 
are you just so tired of doing the same thing every night? You know, are you so tired of just kind of the grind of that? And in some ways, yes, like it is a grind, the daily grind of getting up, doing what you have to do, you know, setting up your equipment, going through just, you know, the drain of like actually being on stage leading. But at the same time, every time I'm on stage leading worship, there's also like a filling up that I get and I leave feeling full and I leave feeling like energized. And that doesn't necessarily take away the physical tiredness, but it also kind of like there's like an emotional feeling that helps just even sustain it, I guess. Yeah, I know exactly what that feeling is. And I bet a lot of worship leaders listening to this can relate to that where it kind of like it's like all right that's the feeling like there really is nothing like the presence of god and it like keeps you like coming back for more like you're like i love this when i was at elevation we did two i think there were two separate times that we did kind of like these like extended revival nights where it was like 12 days in a row 10 days in a row where we would just every night we'd have like a massive kind of worship experience with teaching and a lot of worship and you know you hit day seven day eight and you're just like physically exhausted stay you know just it's a long day but i would just describe it that every time i would kind of like be on stage leading i didn't feel tired and i didn't feel drained i felt very i don't know filled up and very you know ready and energized by what was taking place i think that that is like kind of a gift of what we do why would you say you lead worship man i know that's a big question like you said, like there's something that's so special about the presence of Jesus. And when I'm leading worship, like to be a part of, you know, God's presence is all around us at all times. It doesn't just happen when we're on stage or when we're listening to a worship song. But there is something very special about physically speaking and singing truth about who God is. It's physically singing, speaking truth about like, our faith, what we kind of declare over ourselves. And when you're in a room full of people and you're all together, like kind of running after those same words and those same ideas together, I just think that there's like something that's very sacred and special that happens. And so as a worship leader, to be able to be a part of that and for God to have given me the skill to help navigate those moments or the calling or anointing, however you want to phrase it the fact that he's allowed me in the position to kind of just like help help us all walk together through those moments and navigate those moments together i think is just like really fascinating and amazing and and i'm so grateful for that you know and that's what i'm talking about where you know i've had like a weird journey of like what worship is in my my own life and for a long time it was very much like leap like when I say leading worship for the long time in my life, it was more so like leading songs. Mm-hmm. And it was just a thing that I did because I was a good singer. I could play the music and I could get up on stage and just do it. But I didn't understand the weight of like what was happening in worship, really. It was yeah. just me kind of doing something that I'd always done. When the Lord started like really revealing just like the power that can happen through a worship song, or through just like a, a worship gathering of people. It just really, I don't know, it was like lightning bolt in my heart of like, wow, this is what I get to be a part of. And this is like the most important thing that I can do yeah. with my time, you know, outside yeah. of my family and my kids and stuff. Like when I think about like what I'm called to do, it's it's to 
steward these times and to walk through these times. And so, yeah, you know, that's what I keep coming back to. Like, this is why I do those days that I want to quit and those days that I'm like, oh, I'm tired of this. I do keep coming back to like, no, like this, this is a high calling and this is, it's not going to come easy, but this is like an amazing thing that I get to be a part of and I get to walk through in my life. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you've had like, you know, in the past couple of years, kind of a big transition from, yep. you know, being with Elevation to now kind of doing your own thing. What do you think like in this season, like God has been like teaching you or like what's like been the thing that you've been learning or has there been a overarching theme of kind of where you're at right now? Probably if I had to, you know, sum up the last two and a half years, um, massive change. And, and, you know, two and a half years later, it still feels like a transition in a way, you know, and, and we're kind of set, like I'm in a new rhythm of life and all that stuff, but it's still, still pretty new. It's still fairly like a new phase of life. And I think probably the biggest thing that I think the Lord has taught me and my wife is the importance of obedience. and. I'm a person that likes comfort. I, yeah. I love to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I love to wear my sweatpants when I get home. Yeah. I love to just like chill and relax. I love to go on vacation. Like I like being comfortable and God keeps reminding me like one, like I'm not called to comfort, you know? Right. And, and in a lot of ways, like I'd be surprised if he ever put me in a position to where I felt really comfortable in life because he knows that that's like my default. And yeah. I think he'll, he'll constantly kind of like push me out of that comfort zone, literally. <laughs> and and so for for us, it's been the calling of like obedience and that when God calls you to do something, whether big or small, whether it's like a big transition or it's just like a daily, daily obedience, that that's never void and that's never in vain. Like he all, he's in those decisions. And so we've just seen time and time again, like the Lord show up in our lives in ways that we weren't expecting or didn't deserve, but also like it wasn't even on our radar and he, he keeps showing up. And I think it's because like we've really tried hard to be committed to obedience, even when it doesn't make sense or even, you know, when it's not clear why. And those are conversations that I have with my wife often is we, I feel like we've worked really, really hard the last several years at like, focusing our prayer life, focusing our intentionality of our lives to really like, are we going after the things that God wants us to do? If we're not, how do we adjust? If we don't know what those are, how do we fast and pray to ask God for clarity on where we need to be? And we just really, you know, it's hard enough, like trusting whether you think like, is this from God or is this just, am I having, you know, a random thought or whatever? Right. And and so we spend a lot of time talking together, a lot of time praying, and then trying to just be active obedience in whatever he's calling us to. It's good, man. There's a lot of worship leaders who, you know, maybe are in a role that they've been in for a long time. And I think are asking maybe some of these questions of like, yeah, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, why am I still doing this? Why am I putting up with the angry comment cards or you know what i mean right. people say yeah. people like plugging their ears during worship or and uh some of the things we hear from worship leaders is that they don't feel like they're good enough to lead because i do think what you said earlier is really interesting that like it's one thing to just play through songs and just play through a set right. list and then walk off stage and be done but there's a whole other thing to it of leading <laughs> like yeah. leading people through that moment and I think, though, that a lot of worshipers don't feel adequate and yeah. to actually do that. Like, they, 
maybe don't feel like they have what it takes to actually lead? Yeah, I'm very well aware of like those feelings too. And I do feel like, you know, I spend a lot of team with a lot, I mean, a lot of time with a lot of worship teams and worship leaders. And one of the things that I feel like is like a redundant thing that is coming out of my mouth when I'm talking to them is this idea of authority and confidence and trying to speak confidence into what they're doing and, and what their calling is. And I would come about it from a couple of different ways is one, like if you just look at a basic, like human level, if your pastor or your leadership has given you the platform to lead, then one, like they've given you that authority to hold your position. And they trust you. Yeah, they trust you and walk in that. Like if nothing else, let that be a little bit of a confidence boost. If You know. Yeah, somebody believes in you. Yeah. Yeah, somebody believes in me. They've given me this platform. They've given me this this time on stage. I must be at least decent enough to do it. Then from just like a much higher level is like God has given you the authority and the cop like God has given you the platform to do it above like your leadership. If you're on that stage, like God loves his church and God takes his church very seriously. And if you have that platform, then you already have some sort of just kind of green light to like do it and, and and to go for it now that doesn't say like that doesn't mean i don't still work hard to get better at what i do i never took vocal lessons my whole life and the last handful of years i've started like i have a yeah. vocal coach that helped me get better at like doing vocal warm-ups so my voice was ready right. i've learned how to you know play my songs better i work hard at like memorizing my lyrics so there is like tangible stuff that we work hard at on our end to make sure i'm doing what i can do to be the best version of myself for my calling. But when it comes to like authority, anointing, confidence in what you do, I was like, if you have people in your life that are giving you the green light, you just have to trust them. Like, okay, yeah. And then if God continues to give you opportunities, trust that God knows what he's doing too. And that God is, you know, like allowing you to do it. Not everybody is called to do this, you know, and not yeah. every, not everybody that's on stage needs to be on stage. And, and there, there are things that you should like analyze or look at to determine, you know, did I set myself up to do this or were some of these like doors open for me or, you know, leadership in my life? Does that make sense? Totally, and, man. And I think like analyzing some of that stuff really helps give clarity to what we do, you yeah. know? Because we can also force and try to make things happen. We can, for, yeah, yeah, totally. And and so I say that all to say that like if, if we step in a level of like really being confident in our calling and confident in our position and our platform, man, the doors can cling wide open and we can experience as worship leaders yeah. the authority that we can carry while we're leading our people, you know, right. while we're being leaders at our churches. Because when you're confident in what you do, I don't know, you're not stepping, singing with a with a voice of timidity, and you're not kind of, you know, leading people in worship from a meek place, but from like a powerful place, you know? Yeah, man. And I've seen, you know, I've just seen how that really shifts atmospheres, that changes rooms, it changes what people can receive in worship. And so I'm always preaching confidence and trying to encourage, you know, encourage people like, let's, let's own with authority where the Lord has us. Yeah, man, that's a good word. It made me also think of, um, you know, that we do what we can do. And then we also have to just trust that God does what only he can do. And like, I was thinking about the story of like Moses being like, 
you know, he's got to go talk to Pharaoh and he's like, why me? Like, I don't speak well. Right. Yeah. That's a great example. Cause he was so, I mean, one, like he felt like ill-equipped yeah. and he was so timid and like, I don't want to do this. I don't like talking to people, but every time he met with Pharaoh, yeah. he spoke with authority Yeah. and he didn't, he didn't tell Pharaoh like, all right, I know I shouldn't be here up here doing this. He never said that. Like once he dealt with his personal, like confidence issues, yeah. then he walked in like fullness of authority. Yeah. If you were sitting with a worship leader for coffee, like a young 20s something worship leader who's just getting started and they ask you for advice about worship leading, like what, what do you think is like the most important thing you would tell them? Uh, one of the best advice that somebody gave me early on, like I took, it was Lee McDermott. He was a worship leader at New Spring in Anderson. And this is when I very first came on staff at Elevation. And I was just like, I need to get better. Like I need to do better. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like I said, like I was just playing in bands and all this stuff. And the piece of advice that he gave me was read your Bible like it's your job and know the word and dig deep in your relationship with Jesus. And I know that that feels a little bit like a stock answer, but man, like that really directed, like just even my heart of like, what are the important things? You know, the most important thing I can do as a worship leader is right. to understand the word of God and to have a, my own relationship with Christ and to dig deep into that. Now, from a other tangible perspective that I always try to say too is like, love the people that you're serving, love the people that you're serving with. Really, I don't know, like if you're at a church, you're at a local church, or whether you're at like a local ministry, whatever it might be, like really pour into the people that you're actually like leading. Yeah. Get to know, get to understand like, all right, what what's coming into this room when we gather to worship? Like, and you're not gonna get to know everybody's story and know every you know, I travel a lot, so I'm in a lot of places where it's like all brand new people, but I I'm very focused on the people that I'm worshiping with, whether it's just making eye contact with them or I don't know, praying with them really quick. You know, like there's simple things that we can do, but just it helps make what we do less about like the song that we're singing right. and the transitional moment that we're going to have. And it's more about like, we're all just people, humans, children of God that want to praise him. And want to worship him we all want to receive from him yeah. and we're all in this together and and the same goes for the people that you lead with like love your band musicians you know don't treat them like you're my drummer you're you know you're the guitarist because the other guitarist couldn't make it you're the one like don't treat them like a planning center request dig deep in their lives and have relationship with them have community with them because like you're serving together you know and and then the last thing that I always say is like, know the songs that you're leading. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. You know, just actually like. It helps a lot to memorize. Hard, yeah. Work hard to memorize the, the lyrics. Work hard to know the, the chords and the right notes as you're leading. Just because if you can really know the song to where it's not something that you're having to think about all the time, that just opens up the door for you to actually lead from a place of kind of an open mind instead of a mind that's constantly focused on what's the next word Yep. on verse two? What's, you know, how does this course go again? You're not thinking about those things, you know? And I know I've had so many times, like even this past weekend, I was leading at an event with Phil Wickham and the Torwaltz 
we were singing, I think it was Raise a Hallelujah. But my mind, the whole time we were singing that song was trying to remember the first line of the next song because I was just like drawing a blank. But it totally removed me from yeah. what God was doing in that moment. And I was like, kind of like embarrassed. and like, man, like, why right. would I let myself do that? You know? Right. And it wasn't from a lack of preparing. It was just kind of like one of those moments where it's, you yes. know, you just kind of had like a brain fart and I couldn't remember it. But I work really, really hard to just like know, know the songs, know yep. what you're doing, know how you're going to lead, prepare, practice so that all that stuff, like you, you never want that stuff to be the reason yeah. why you're not a present worship leader or you don't have a great experience. That is something that I subscribe to big time because I think that it helps you lead with confidence. You're yeah, not, totally. You're not buried into a lead sheet or something. Like you can boldly lead and enjoy yeah, talk, it and enjoy the moment. Going back to the confidence thing, that's, I mean, that's such a good point. Like that's one way just to gain confidence there is just to know the songs. Know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, those yeah. are the times that I feel not confident leading is if I'm second guessing, how does this melody go again? Yeah. What are the words, what's the flow of this song like? Yeah. I've had too many times, it was you know early on in leading worship where I just wasn't prepared to the song and I had complete, I was so insecure, yeah. so you know, so Train timid in what I, yeah. Um, and now we have uh, the added bonus of like there's worship fails on Instagram. I know. So if, if anything, just you know, try to prepare so you're, you're not gonna be on that. That's a little bit of like an accountability that we have built into our culture now. I know. That's so funny. I love that account. I feel like people are going to try to start like getting themselves on there somehow. Oh, like some crazy. <laughs> um, okay. So you've got some new music that you released earlier this year. You released cover. Uh, tell us about that. Or do you have anything else that you're working on right now? Or It's such a funny thing. Like the last, you know, I guess year and a half the songs that I've just been releasing have just kind of been song. Like I haven't, uh, had this epic vision of like, this is the collection of songs that all speak to this one thing. It's, it, it has been such a transitional thing in, in my own journey and or my family's journey the last couple of years that it was kind of just like, what are the songs that are coming out of me right now? What, you know, and, and if something hits and inspires me, let's just get in the studio and like record it. And so that's kind of been a lot of the songs that I've released recently it's just kind of been that. It's been like, let's just get in the studio and see what happens. I don't know. I, yeah, see what happens. And and covered was very much that way. It was just a handful of songs that were really important to me. A lot of them dealt with one, like receiving the love of God, receiving God's love, receiving like His presence in like a real tangible way. Um, growing up in the church, my biggest struggle I think in my life is my view of God, and I grew up, my parents were super loving and, and super great parents, but I still, I think maybe, maybe it was just because I grew up in the church that grace was always like a very hard concept for me or not wanting to make a mistake was like always on my mind or feeling like if I did make a mistake, there's so much shame that came along with it mm. to where God became this like very angry, frustrated, annoyed God yeah. in my mind. And so just learning, like as I've gotten older and I've become a dad myself, understanding a healthier view of just like God, like the reality of the way that God sees us and, and yeah. his true love for us. And yeah. so a lot of the songs on the covered project kind of just like deal with that and deal with just, I don't know, receiving that, yeah. trusting him, believing that he is who he says he is and that, that we can trust him. He's a trusting, like he's a God we can trust. Yeah. Um, 
and then currently I'm, you know, I'm writing a lot right now and, and getting back into the studio at the start of the year just to get new songs out that I'm excited about. It's awesome, man. I actually just, we just had our first baby. We have a seven month old and it is pretty crazy how oh, really? much, it is crazy how much you learn about God being a parent. Yeah. And that's almost like, you know, it's a cliche thing that it's very that's, what I always, that's what I always heard, you know, I always heard that. But it's and, true. But just even even as my kids have gotten older, you know, my son is eight right now. And just the things that the conversations that I have with him and and I can sense the things that he struggles with. And my heart as a father just wants so badly for him to receive, if nothing else, just to know how much I love him. Yeah. And to know how much like even if he messes up or even if he does bad at school or gets right. in trouble or whatever, like my initial reaction is to always be like, Hey, it's okay. Like I get it. Like, it's okay. I love you regardless. And there's, you know, you don't have to be perfect. And, and, and I still struggle with thinking like that God sees me the same way, Yeah, but he does, you know, and it's special. Well, man, thank you so much just for uh, pouring and mentoring into worship leaders and for what you're doing, writing songs for the church and what you've done for like so long. I remember leading worship at a church here like 10 years ago and i remember someone handing me an old like elevation album but you were <laughs> you were on there yeah yeah but like i don't know you've just been a voice for worship leaders and churches for so long and i i'm thankful and i know many other worship leaders are thankful so yeah i appreciate it this has been a great conversation thanks for joining us man yeah thank you Thanks for joining us on the Leap Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.